All right, welcome to today's episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. It's going to be an interview. I have Taylor Jacobson, the founder and CEO of a service called Focusmate. We'll get to his bio in a minute, but Taylor, I just want to start with this first question. Well, well number one, thanks for being on, but let's dive into this first question. <laughs> Why do so many of us struggle to focus, especially in the context of this new world of work where people aren't in the office anymore and people are working from home and everything is different? Oof. This is actually a huge question and there's so many reasons that we struggle to focus, but oh, high level, let's say a few things. One, um, our bodies, our nervous system aren't designed for the world that we live in, which is providing constant stressors, basically. Uh, our nervous system is designed for like, quick bursts of stressful situations that's like running from a lion or like hunting some animal or some truly life or death kind of uh situations um and then to be like calm and safe the rest of the time um which you know i guess in a world where like you're living out in nature yeah maybe there's there's a lot of uh <laughs> discomforts obviously that you'd be you'd be facing, but your nervous system is, when it is responding, it's to an actual threat. And that's not how the world works today. Today, it's like everything sort of can add stress. So like your job is just this constant hum of stress. Um, and yeah, the access that we sort of give to ourselves through all these different channels, like mostly technology, really, and this is not a critique of technology at all. It's just how the world works is that we're constantly being bombarded, bombarded by stressors. And so um, it's kind of a trope to say this, but it's really, really true is that the level of stress that we've come to accept is just like being normal. And even what like healthy, you know, mentally healthy people are under is a really high level of stress. And why this matters is that our, our nervous system is basically always experiencing at, um, at least a low level of fight flight stimulation. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. Fight flight is great if you need to run away from a lion. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's shifting resources, shifting blood flow from your brain and your face and your vocal cords, which are that's where the blood flow goes when you're feeling safe. It's for connection, it's for problem solving. Uh, if you're not feeling safe, now your blood flow is going to your, uh, your spinal column, to your limbs, to help you either fight or run. Um, and <clears throat> so just imagine, and you don't really have to imagine because this is all of us all the time, imagine that's what's going on in your body, is that you're, you're experiencing this I think of it as like agitation that can make us feel like doing something because yeah, that's what fight flight energy is. It like really wants to do something, but it is not focused energy. So this is that, that headspace of like, I'm going to go to the kitchen, make a snack. I'm going to fold some laundry. I'm going to like check my bank balance. I'm going to do like a thousand things that are like a little frenetic, but not focused yeah. at all. And so that's that's kind of just like how all of us are functioning all the time is 
with that level of agitation, stress, distraction, um, and therefore difficulty calming down and just doing things that we probably could do a lot more easily if we felt calm and safe. Yeah. So the language you used was nervous system. And so we could talk about nervous energy being the energy in our nervous system. And we're just trying to discharge that. And that takes us away from being able to focus on things like deep work, important work, the stuff that requires us to just have a calm presence with it. So that's cool. I want to officially introduce you and get into all of this, right? So this is Taylor Jacobson. He's the founder and CEO of a service that I am now an avid user of, like everyday user. It's a virtual co-working community with a mission to help everyone do their best work. And thousands of people in 193 countries worldwide sit by side, sit side by side via video, like face-to-face -face here, to keep each other company, to cheer each other on, and to hold one another accountable. Taylor's been featured in The New Yorker, CNN, The Guardian, NPR, Fast Company, Bloomberg Business Week, and many more. We're going to talk about focus. We're going to talk about focused work. We're going to talk about doing your best work and productivity and all of that. And so, Taylor, let's dive in. Let's go back to the beginning. Like, focus made is this really interesting concept. You, you log in. There's a video chat with one person. You do work together for a limited period of time. And then like you go your separate ways, like what brought you to start this service? What brought you to start Focus Me? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because it, the answer is sort of like, <clears throat> I had this dark secret fantasy that I wanted to work like this, that I was just too ashamed to tell anybody about for a long time, probably. But um, yeah, I, you know, taking a few steps back, I started working remotely in 2011 you know, some time ago, and uh, I could not do it. Uh, I basically got fired from my job. And, um, and that just sent me into a pretty dark place of eventually saying, gosh, I need to figure out why I can't get anything done when I'm on my own. And, and that really started in earnest for me, this journey of like learning all about behavioral science and productivity and a whole bunch of other things, but fast forward, I was working as an executive coach and I was working with a client that I had a really vulnerable relationship with and he was procrastinating, um, which gave me the opportunity to kind of like ride in on my white horse and be like, hey, I have this idea that I've never told anybody before, but would you want to try it with me? And so I just said to him, hey, let's get on a video call. And let's tell each other exactly what we're going to do. And then we'll just keep each other company while we do it. And we'll check in and check on our, you know, on each other's progress. And then we can, you know, celebrate as we, as we get through that. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the short answer is I've just struggled massively with this problem. And uh, eventually I just had this magical moment where I felt like I could tell somebody uh, this idea and it worked. Yeah. I think so many of us who work from home, like I've worked from home since 2010, and my biggest enemy has been my ability to sit down and just do the work. And so that like transitions, I guess, into my next question, which for me, Focusmate has become my number one hack for maximum productivity. I just log in and I schedule a session using the scheduling tool that you have on the dashboard, and it's off to the races. Um, and even like I prepared these questions during a focus mate session, I have had six 
Focusmate session so far today before we're starting this interview. And so like, uh, just for context here, I've described a little bit about it, but can you let the people who are listening or watching this on YouTube know how Focusmate works? So like walk through a session before, during, after, like what is this Focusmate service besides, hey, there's this, this um, you know, video chat with, a, with a, somebody that you're working alongside. Yeah, so let's just break it down in, in detail. Uh, a Focusmate session is either a 25 minute or a 50 minute video call and um, that call is with one other person who is your focus mate partner or your focus mate uh, for that time and we match you up with that person automatically you have some preferences you can tell us who you want to work with uh, and we're adding more preferences actually all the time um, but it's the two of you and um, the first minute or so of that session, you're each going to tell each other what your goal is or what tasks you're working on, right? So like, you know, if I had a session with Roy, Roy might say, okay, I have a podcast in a little, in a little <laughs> while and I need to write down the questions that I want to ask that person. So I might be doing some research and then making notes on what I want to ask them. And then Roy will ask me, what am I working on? And you know, let's say I'm, I'm outlining a blog post, whatever, whatever it is. Each of us can really be doing whatever we want to be doing. Um, we're not working together. Um, so a minute has gone by. We've each shared our goals for the session. And now we're actually just going to quietly get started each on our own tasks. And sometimes people will, you know, they'll, they'll minimize the video or they'll have their partner on their phone so they can set it off to the side and just focus on whatever they're doing. So your partner's there, you can see them, they can see you, but it's not front and center, like on a Zoom call. It's just off to the side, kind of this angel on your shoulder or something <laughs> is, uh, who's there with you. So now you're just working. Um, and let's say it's a 25 minute session at the 25 minute mark, a little bell will go off and that'll just prompt you to come back, say hi to your partner again, and just say, Hey, Roy, how'd it go? You know, how, how was that session for you? And Roy will share, Oh, like it was awesome. I like, I, I read four articles about my guests and I made a bunch of notes and how'd it go for you, Taylor. And so we'll share the progress that we made and then we'll go on our merry way. That's it. Um, and so you know, you ask what happens before the session. It's a, it's really simple. You log into your Focusmate dashboard. It looks like a calendar and you choose any time that you want to get work done. And that's it. You know, we will provide you a link to join the video call. Um, it's really that simple. Yeah. Yeah. A side note, I, so I work from two monitors, right? I have the one that I'm looking straight at here and I have another one over here. And I ended up finding a little script for Windows called Always on Top. So I can do like, I think it's control space bar uh, while I'm focused on a window and it keeps it on top of everything. Because for me, that's one of the things is like a little reminder that angel on the shoulder, I move them off to the side window, but it's, it's that angel on the shoulder that I know that that person has me on web camera and it's like focus work, right? Like it, it, it works for me. Um, I know some people like to minimize or don't have that same need, but for me, it works. Um, so we know how it works, right? Like we just talked about how it works. You, you log in, you say, I want a session at this time, 25 or 50 minutes. And then you get a little join link pops up videos and you chat at the beginning, you chat at the end based on what you got done or what you plan to do, what you got done. And then afterwards you just kind of go on with your life. So let's talk about why this, like 
this has become my number one productivity hack, right? So why the heck does it work? Why did you set it up the way that you did? And why does that, you know, why does it make it so effective? Yeah, I think it shocks people how effective it is because it sounds really simple. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's even much more effective than people really imagine it could be. Why does it work? So high level, it works because we're mammals, we're tribal animals. And, um, you know, we did not evolve to be the smartest or the most rational or the strongest. We evolved to be um, really effective at teaming up with other people and to survive by being good members of the tribe. Like you will not survive as a human being uh, on your own. You absolutely require other people. And so, you know, tens of thousands of years of human evolution happened in this environment. We are hardwired to behave so as to be good tribe members so that we are included and so that we don't die. Um, so, what does that mean? It means that you behave differently when you're around other people and that your nervous system is, is optimized to be around other people. There's even something called, so we know the idea of nervous system regulation, which is just how your nervous system is responding to your environment. There's this idea of co-regulation, nervous system co-regulation, which actually even extends into this idea that the human nervous system isn't even meant, it, it isn't even an individual nervous system. It is a collective nervous system. That's how it works. So just being with another person completely changes your state to get you into a more, um, a, a state where you feel more safe, more, and therefore more focused. Um, and that's not always true. You know, sometimes you're around another person and you're getting cues of not safety. And so that the nervous system does that too, but it, it really runs both ways. And so with focus mate, we're just tapping into the, the, the evolutionary, evolutionary reality that when you're with somebody that you feel safe with, um, that you, you know, and there's some asset uh, aspect of tribe where like, Hey, we're both part of focus mate. We're sort of both on board the same train in terms of culture and values and behaviors and norms. And it's, it's all these things. It's like, you know, when you, when you show up to a party where you know everybody and you all like, you know, or somebody has your same favorite song or like whatever it is, you feel that kinship. There's an immediate yes. increase in safety and good feel, you know, oxytocin, all these good feelings. And so we're using that to change your physiology, to change your neurology and put you into this focus state. So that's, that's a huge one. It's like, that's, this is just how the nervous system works. Um, there's a bunch more science beyond that well, as well. Yeah. So we yeah, can go kind of on, we can, yeah, I go have ahead. three questions that might help us dive a little bit further into some of that, some of the science, like you have a whole page, like the science of why it works on focus mate that people can read into. But um, it, one, one thing that came up and, and this like really resonated with is it's funny how, like how small the world is. This really resonated with me in near Isle's book, Indistractable, right? Uh, he talks about implementation intentions. Um, and then I was just reading Rethinking Positive Thinking by Gabrielle Ettingen, who her husband actually came up with the term implementation intentions. And it's like built into that system. And 
um, implementation intentions is ba it's basically this idea of I'm going to decide this is what I'm going to do at what time. And then you can have some kind of like if then statement for if you don't succeed at it or whatever. But implementation intentions are the one of the biggest secrets to getting things done. It came up in Indistractable, which by the way, Nier is an investor in focus, mate, because he loves the technology too. And I, I believe he recommended it in that book, but it wasn't until I was on focus, mate, that it like resonated. I heard him say it in a podcast interview. It's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right? Um, so um, what I think is really cool is implementation intentions, like, okay, so I guess, I guess it's not fair to say it's built into the platform because the platform is really just like connecting with another person on a video chat, but it's built into the process of focus, how you conduct the calls. So can you explain like how this idea of implementation intentions shows up in a focus make call? Yeah. So let's first just look at it outside of the context of focus mate. Like, okay. Why, you know, having an implementation intention to buy groceries or something, it's the difference between just like putting it on your to-do list and it can kind of just sit there versus scheduling a time to go do it and be like, you know, yeah. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to do it on Wednesday morning, whatever. Yes. Um, and just that little switch of having that plan, as you talked about, you know, there, it's hugely impactful to actually get us to follow through on that thing. So within the context of focus mate, <laughs> It, it's kind of this hack that's like a universal implementation intention where um, you might not even know uh, what task you're going to work on yet when you book a focus mate session. But you, you, because the first thing you do when you show up is you set an intention of what you're going to do. Um, even, like for me, even if I don't know yet what I'm going to do, uh, my first step will always be like, okay, review my master to-do list and make a plan for the day or whatever. So it's like, it's that bridge from like, oh, there's a bunch of shit that I want to do to, okay, now I have to get started. So what is the next step? And so it, it just literally forces you to stop whatever train of life is happening to you and around you and be intentional. And, and then set the next intention and, you know, share it, write it down, et cetera. Um, so, you know, and, and then maybe you do have a project that you're really clear on. Um, you know, I'm gonna, uh, you know, let's say write a blog post or whatever. Um, so the implementation intention now becomes, I'm going to book and show up for a focus mate session to work on a blog post, yeah. Absolutely. And, and having it be part of the process there is it, like, it really forces you to set an implementation intention for that time. And if you don't do it, then again, like going back to the tribe thing, there's this sense of like, I'm showing up and I'm not going to be able to tell this person what it is that I need to do. And so I better figure out in that minute, like even if you're booking last minute in that minute between I booked my first session of the day and I like, I need something to do during this time. You're like, okay, what's the task that I need to get done in this first 30 minute session or what 25 minute session. Right. Um, so it's super cool. Just how it's built into the, the process. And it forces you to do that. Like during the course of that. Um, yeah. And just building on what you just said, 
I think, you know, a question that a lot of people ask is like, well, is there anything like forcing me to do what I just said I would do? But like you said, because of this tribal nature, nobody needs to force you. It's like this very, (laughs) you just feel really silly. Like you just feel crazy if you don't do the thing (laughs) that you just told this person that you're, you know, that you're going to do. And they're there with you and they're about to ask you if you just did that thing. So it's, yeah, there's just like this incredibly powerful psychological effect of just, you know, you just, you just do it. You just do whatever you just said you'd do. Yeah. Well, that ties perfectly into the next question, which accountability is part of how this whole thing is built, right? So implementation intentions doesn't necessarily bring in another person, right? Um, Accountability brings in another person and accountability is huge for productivity and it can, you can get it on all sorts of different levels. So like I have a coach and the coach holds me accountable on a weekly basis and there's more regular check-ins but it's there it's they're not holding me accountable on a on a minute by minute basis right and it and so it is a huge part of getting things done and there's something about the co-working aspect which it's even better than going to a co-working space where you're working next to somebody but not having this accountability on a daily basis so um i don't know if you have any other like if i'm talking about accountability within the focusmate platform um, do we, is there, is there a place to go deeper on that topic or like how you were inspired to, to loop this accountability aspect into it? Well, I mean, what is accountability really? It's just, um, it's just making something visible. It's like, you know, counting whether it happened <laughs> or not. Right. So, um, I guess technically you could do that on your own. You could be like, okay, this is what I intend to do. And in 30 minutes, I'm going to ask myself if I did it or not. And I'm going to write like, yes or no, or something like this. Um, You know, in practice, we just don't do that. It's like really hard to quote unquote, hold ourselves accountable because it's a lot easier to just move on with your day or, or whatever. But so this is another thing that sort of it's built into Focusmate by virtue of having the dialogue with your partner, where because you have to tell another person, you're also making the observation very clear to yourself, did I do the thing or not do the thing? And so that's, that, that is actually what the accountability is. It's the visibility. It's the clarity of whether you followed through on your intention or not. So that's really powerful by itself, but then it's just like massively amplified by the social dynamic. And honestly, like, again, this is just how our brains are wired. You don't really need to care specifically about that person's opinion. It's just the fact that there's another human being there with you and you might care about them, you know, you might have, but yeah, uh, yeah. go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, it's interruption, but one of the things that I love is the strangers aspect. And, And like I mentioned to you before the interview that I saw somebody that I knew, uh, was available yesterday, and I chose not to book a call with him. As much as I like him, it's it, there is something about that stranger where you can be accountable in the moment, but then you can also just move on with your life, right? Like it's um, it, you don't have to care about their opinion, but still somehow there's this this thing where they hold you accountable. Um, so I I appreciate that about that. Um, but but what happens, I guess, if someone is like this is tied into the accountability thing. There is a huge value in accountability, 
Um, but what if someone is like shy to get on one of those video calls? Like you mentioned, you were shy to even bring up this concept, right? To, to anybody for a long time. What if, because I mean, I've become a raving fan. Yesterday was my hundredth session. I've only been at it for like four weeks or five weeks or something. Like it's pretty short. Like, and, and, and yet as I'm telling other people about it, they're like, well, I don't know if I want to get on a video call. So, so what do you say if someone is shy about that aspect of getting accountability? Yeah. Well, firstly, that's a totally normal response because for all the reasons we've been talking about that we are highly attuned to our social environment. And so any potential threat, even if we can rationalize why it's not dangerous, uh, we're not rational, right? We're, yeah. <laughs> we're tribal. So um, it's a normal response to have, uh, number one. And um, I guess number two is universally, the experience that people have, even in their first few moments of a focus mate session, is it's like, oh, whatever fears I had are like completely dispelled and it it goes, it flips completely in the other direction. Right. And again, yeah. th this is this, this is that it's it's it sort of plays on the idea of like in-group versus out-group bias. We're like, why, why, even though all of us are human, do we get like so crazy, you know, I'm from Boston, like, why do we hate Yankees fans so much, right? This is how our brains work is it's like, are you in my tribe or are you not in my tribe? You know, and it's like, you're yeah. in my tribe. Great. Like we can like spoon at night and like look out for bears together. And if you're not in my tribe, like you're dead, you know? Um, so yeah. this, is, this is just like, this is our instincts kicking in. Um, but what people find is focus mate is, and I'd love to hear your experience of this actually, because it's such an act of vulnerability to be like, yeah, I, I am better off when I get support um, and I'm showing up for it and I'm being seen in my vulnerability. There's this sort of com complicity in vulnerability, accepting our humanity and just saying, you know what, I'd rather, I'd rather be who I really want to be than let my pride and fear stop me. And so that there's, there's this subtext to the focus mate community culture where when you show up, it's very warm, it's very supportive, it's very encouraging, not every single time, but, um, yeah. but yeah, it's a, it's just a really strong uh, culture of self-acceptance and other acceptance that I think, you know, people just get swept up in as, as soon as they give it a shot. Yeah. Um, oh, like that's, that's absolutely been my experience. And I think that speaking back to that shy question, uh, number one, uh, skipping forward a little bit to the, the, the signing up for focus mate, that's probably one of the reasons that you offer three free sessions a week, because if somebody is a little bit uncomfortable, it gives them an opportunity to, to, to try it, to habituate to it, to realize that all of their greatest fears about you know, the lions that are going to jump through their computer and the social shaming and rejection that's going to happen if they engage with the stranger, that those fears are pretty much unfounded. Also, Focusmate has some pretty good community moderation features built in um, that protect you from uh, maybe bad actors on the platform. Um, I do want to come back to one other like science related question, but we are really transitioning into this, this community bit. Right. And so 
Yes, I, I absolutely feel like everybody is wishing each other luck at the beginning of the sessions. That's one of the things that's not in the that's not in the here's how a focus meets session and structure. But I figured out everybody pops on like b- before you hit mute because most people hit mute for the sessions because we all like I have a loud keyboard and I listen to music and stuff. Um, before you hit mute, everybody's like, "Good luck." And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's okay if you didn't get everything done, but it's great that you spent the time productively and, you know, you made a bunch of progress and like, there's all of this acceptance. And so it is turning into more than like this video call platform. It's, there's a, this raving fan base and community. There's a Facebook group that's everybody's supporting each other. So in the context of that, I guess, can you speak to how you've built Focusmate, not just as some software as a service, like, um, you know, series of ones and zeros, right? <laughs> that's, that's inhuman. And you've actually built this human community around this tool. And then like, how does that support you as a business uh, owner, CEO, founder um, in growing your business and ha- helping your customers succeed? So let's talk about community. Yeah, no, that's super powerful. And I love the examples that you called out in terms of like the nitty gritty of the experience and what it feels like because, you know, there's more brain chemistry in there. Like every time you have an interaction like that, more oxytocin, more dopamine. And like, yeah, those are going to help you be more productive and like keep the momentum going and even start to shift your identity. Like we hear this a lot of like people who start consistently using Focusmate, their identity will shift into being somebody who feels more confident in their in their own capacities. And it's so it's just like all these sort of self-reinforcing, uh, you know, physio- physiological and neurochemical effects. But um, yeah, so the the underpinning of the or the complement to the ones and zeros that you're alluding to is our culture. And it's that culture of vulnerability, support, acceptance, encouragement, celebration. Um, and um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's kind of our secret sauce, actually. It's kind of the thing that, um, you know, makes this something that, yeah, you, you do want to come back to have those like really positive, good feelings about yourself and other people. Um, so, um, you know, at the beginning and end of almost every session, I'm smiling with somebody, which is a pretty cool thing that I don't even think that in the context of my, my day-to-day work, when I was just working from home, like the, the number of smiles is probably, you know, in the single digits in a day. And there's probably some days where I was sitting here staring at my computer that there were zero smiles. And in the context of Focusmate, like I'm smiling with strangers. I'm having a positive conversation with strangers. I mean, six times today already, (laughs) you know, not counting this this conversation with you. Um, And there is, uh, when you're doing that, then there is the sense of, yeah, we are in the tribe together, right? Like we're, we're in the tribe together. Um, and okay, I keep pushing down this last question that I wanna ask specifically about the structure of the sessions and how they work, because all of this talking about like tribes and community and all of that, um, 
brings me to something that, that we wanted to talk about. So you, Taylor Jacobson, you aren't just focus mate. We're spending most of this time talking about focus mate because honestly, anybody that is listening to this that is not <laughs> trying focus mate, like you need to try focus mate. Um, so, but, but Taylor isn't just focus mate, even though you're founder and CEO. So when I asked what else you'd be excited to talk about and share, you told me you were involved in a men's peer group. And you've been prioritizing building what you call like tribal levels of support and intimacy. And I'm just curious, like how much is this, like, are these things feeding each other? What are you getting out of that? Like, what are, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know more because a men's group is something that I have definitely contemplated in recent years, but I haven't made the leap into that. So can you share more? Yeah, I mean, these two things, Focusmate and my men's support group, they're really offshoots of the same I guess, instinct that I've had for much of my life, which <clears throat> is just this desire to like approach life like a team, <laughs> um, to like have a, have a team um, that's with you, like in the depths of your experience. And um, I think at first when I started contemplating that, I didn't realize I, I wasn't so steeped in an understanding of how we're actually designed to operate this way. Like, you know, again, coming back to tribe, but now that I do, it's like, it's really obvious that actually I think by and large, we're all going through life in a way that we're just way more isolated than we're meant to be. And it's, yeah. you know, so much of our societal structuring and the norms that we've just come to accept um, go run counter to this, that we, we maybe just um, kind of ignore these instincts and the, the, the desire for the level of connection that's actually healthy for us. But increasingly, I am not ignoring that. I'm really leaning into it. And I'm, yeah, I've, I've let go of whatever stories I have that it's like silly to want to just, you know, yeah, have this level of community. So um, with the men's group, what am I talking about? I'm, I'm in a group that's called the round table. Um, and it's, it's basically daily contact with other men in a very safe, confidential, immersive container environment. And so we're talking about and, and confronting the most challenging stuff that we're experiencing in our businesses, in our relationships, in our health, um, stuff that, um, gosh, I'll give an example that feels really poignant to me. It's like um, men talking about uh, sexual insecurities. This yeah. is something that people don't talk about period. No. Like <laughs> um, culture is don't, you're not allowed to like, you're not allowed yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and you can talk about like, like, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there that are selling you on like, you know, being a sexual maestro or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's, this isn't something that you can like go grab a, a coffee with a friend, uh, you know, another guy and say, oh yeah, I'm really like, this is what's, what I'm struggling with in the bedroom. And I, this is how it's making me feel and this sort of thing. And, um, and I offer that as an example of something that I've learned to talk about and to hear other men talk about in a way that isn't triggering for me at all. It's like, oh yeah, this is just 
this is actually what's going on in our brains. These are the thoughts yeah. that we're actually having and we're just so used to suppressing them. So um, it's nor normalizing the human experience with other people who are like you. And of course, like this isn't because at least I imagine at least the, the, the men's groups that I know, it's not because it's like an anti-women's group or a good old boys club or something like that. It's just recognizing that, you know, experience of men is different than experience of women. And it like, even in today's world, as we're trying to like be uh, inclusive and focus on equality for everybody and like all of that, there's still this, this push and pull of, on one level, one tribe that Taylor is a part of and that Roy is a part of is the tribe of men, right? And on another level, it's the focus mate community. Like on another tribe is a focus mate community. Another tribe is entrepreneurs and another tribe is copywriters. And like, it's, it's just identifying there's this tribe of shared experience and like connecting with people based on that and saying, what's common in our experience? What are the common issues that we run into? Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And one of the things I really just want to highlight is what happens to your relationship with yourself when you create spaces where you can talk about those things that you think are shameful. You have some relationship to those things that they're shameful and you don't want to talk about them. Um, and because it's really no holds barred, because we're all kind of like leaping off together and saying, yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about whatever that thing is, that's really, it's, it's, it's just in a dark corner of my identity that I never want to look at is um, you, you actually learn how to be yourself. And what that means is, you know, if, if you're imagining your, your true self as a house that has like some really well-lit areas that you're like, Hey, come into the, come into the living room. Everything's like really cleaned and vacuumed and nicely decorated. And like, it looks beautiful. And you're like, every time you have guests, you just like usher them into this part of your house. These are the parts of our selves that we're like, yeah, we we're comfortable showing that to the world. But then there's like the dark, dusty, corner of your basement or something that's just fucking terrifying and you'd never want to go down there and you never you never want to reveal that part of you the problem is of course like that part of you might be like for me i'm really discovering that um song and music and dance and this sort of really un this wild creative expression is part of me but I relegated that to a dark corner because I have some shame about it from some childhood experience, right? That I started to judge yeah. that thing as bad and wrong or something that's going to uh, result in me getting shamed by, by others in my environment, right? And so yeah. being in, and we're just talking about a men's group because that's, you know, that's the, that's the context that I have here, but it could really be any sort of safe space to um, address the things that we have shame about, that we have childhood wounds about, um, and to have other people respond to those in a welcoming, warm, supportive, accepting manner, you start to be like, oh, like, it's okay to be myself. And then you start walking through life just being more truthful because you're kind of building those inner resources to say, oh, it's okay to show whatever this thing is. And yeah, some people won't like that. That's okay too. But but like, I really want to, I really want to shine some light in that dusty corner of my basement. Cause there's some like dope stuff down there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really awesome. Um, 
it it reminded me like I'm I'm resonating on so many different levels, but it re- reminded me of a focus made experience uh, that actually last week I connected with this guy and just, you know, this guy named Dylan. Right. Um, it turns out that he is uh, he's the founder of uh, a group called Uzazu. And he is like there's this whole embodiment movement. And there are people in the men's movement that are that are focused on this like bodily experience. And you were talking about dancing and, and movement. He's like the guy that trained all the big popular coaches today. And I just had a focus made session with him last week and we talked and he was just coming off a webinar um, and was talking about having to do the replay page. And I'm like, that sounds like a familiar Thursday afternoon thing for me, because on Thursday afternoons, a lot of times I just did a webinar and I'm working on the replay page. And so we chatted about embodiment. We chatted about marketing tactics. We like (laughs) just just a little bit right at the end. but it was, it's kind of cool. And it like reveals what a, what an interesting community you're tapping into. Um, another thing this made me think of is I've heard it called like the new vitamin C is vitamin connect in every way. Like the men's group is a great way to connect. Um, the, the focus mate, like working with people, even just for 25 minutes together, is a great way to connect. And it feeds us, it feeds us in such powerful ways. So I don't want to let the the rest of the interview go by without addressing at least this one uh, one important question. A lot of people will recognize the twenty five minute and fifty minute chunks as Pomodoro intervals. Um, so, like, let's loop back to the very tactical aspects of this, right? Uh, can you speak to that specific decision? Like, because obviously this was built in from early on. That specific decision to schedule time in twenty five and fifty minute intervals versus some other chunk, like two hours working together or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, the first iteration of focus mate, um, we actually did 75 minutes. Cause like once okay. you get, get in the zone, you kind of want to stay. But, um, what we started to quickly find was like, <sighs> it's much more helpful to just get started. It, it, or yeah. it's, it's more, it's helpful to have a lower barrier to just getting started. And, um, and yeah. And then also just the, the, we're so conditioned at this point to think of our time in alignment to the clock and to the calendar. Um, it's like so instinctual that you don't even realize it's part of, you know, it's so deeply ingrained in our psychology. So yeah, 50 minutes is just like, it's really easy to line up against the rest of your schedule, but then to have a 10 yeah. minute, 10 minute break before whatever else you're doing. And then 25 minutes is similar. Uh, it's just even easier to get yeah. some momentum going. And it's funny, I, I guess, tracking my own evolution and, and my own understanding of focus mate 75 minutes sort of reflects this still sort of shame and fear based, like ambition. It's like, I want to do more you know? Um, and, and so moving to 50 minutes was like, okay, this will make things more convenient for our users. But then what really surprised me is once we moved to 25 minutes, how much I'm inclined to just do 25 minute sessions. So there's, there's definitely like, um, a kind of progressive self-acceptance, that happens of just being like, yeah, it's actually healthier for me to like have a really, really low 
thing that I'm shooting for. And then just like rack up the wins, like rack up really tiny wins, rack up momentum. So, um, it helps me figure out, figure out like, what can I actually, that's, that's been one of my biggest challenges before focus made is I come up with the best implementation intentions for this thing. I'm going to get done in two hours. And it's either a, a 20 minute task or it's like a five hour task. And I can't really tell the difference until I'm in there, but by doing it consistently for focus me, like for these sessions, I am getting better at this. Um, and so for me, that's, that's a pretty cool benefit. And I've noticed the same trend for myself. I do a lot of 25 minute ones. Now, uh, we are reaching the the top of the hour as far as recording goes, and I actually have another focus mate session scheduled at the top <laughs> of the hour. So I do want to wrap up. Um, so you've made it super easy for folks to try focus mate, and like I could let you do the pitch, but I really just want to like I want to lay into people if you don't mind, <laughs> and try and get people to sign up to at least try focus mate. So can can I explain? Like what the what the process is, right? Can I can I yeah. do that? Yeah, I'd okay. Hear it. Okay, so I forget exactly how I stumbled on this, but Chris Wright, who I interviewed uh, a while back, I know that he'd been on it for a while. Uh, he's a great uh, copywriter and a coaching client of mine, and he's like, Focusmate. It's like it's a secret to productivity. And so I decided, okay, I'll go to focusmate.com. And this was, I know it was on a Thursday and it was early in the day. And I went to the website, focusmate.com. And it's like, oh, you can do three free sessions a week um, or, or you can sign up and it's five bucks a month. I mean, hello, but still I was like, I'm not going to pay five bucks if I log on and it sucks or whatever. Right. Um, so, so I logged on and I did three sessions and it was like by noon on Thursday, I was like, all right, here's my five bucks a month because <laughs> it was one of the most productive mornings that I had in a long time. And I know that for me, a lot of the things, um, there's this Cooper Ross change curve of like, at first we're excited. And so it, things can be like all great. And then we realize the cold, hard reality of the situation. And so everything is terrible. And then we start to work ourselves out of that cold, hard reality and things get better again. And I was expecting like, by day five, I would crash and like, okay, it was great while it lasted. But honestly, if there's any downward slope, it's been small and it just keeps increasing my productivity. So I want to tell people, if you're listening, if you're watching, whatever, if you've been with us this far, go try three free sessions a week and five bucks. Like there are students all over the world who are not like uh, in the same economies that we are like who are still using it, who are figuring out five bucks a month is well worth it. And for people who are like copywriters, paid knowledge professional, prof- professionals, people who are working, um, big, getting paid based on their productivity, this is a super, super, super smart investment. Um, and he, like, honestly, if you're if, even if you're working for minimum wage and it saved an hour of lost productivity per month, that five bucks is more than worth it. Um, so at the very least, go try it and be open to, hey, this could completely change my life and make me far more productive and, and get done the things that I want to get done. So focusmate.com, go try it. Super easy to use and super powerful for productivity. Taylor, thank you so much for being on here for this interview. I got a lot of value. I love that it went in different directions that were beyond just you know Pomodoro sessions on video chat. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Roy. 
Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.